relationship with Jesus. And Christians need that. Just a lay person needs that. You need to have a love for God and a love for people. But let me tell you something else you need. You need a hatred for sin. You need to hate the stuff that's in the world because it's not of the Father. Amen. Well, let me read to you this morning, and I want you to get in this mindset of, of not being too friendly with the enemy. And it came to pass when all the kings which were on this side, Jordan, in the hills and in the valleys and in all the coast of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon, Gibeon was a city that was not very, very far from Jerusalem and uh, in the promised land. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and unto Ai, he had literally... God had led Joshua literally to destroy Jericho, not to leave one brick standing upon another. And then ultimately Ai was destroyed as well. And so when that testimony got out, boy, people in the promised land, people in Canaan, uh, the, the original inhabitants began to worry and were concerned. They did work wily. And that's... Uh, that's a King James word. That means that they plotted and schemed. Everybody said the devil's a master at plotting and scheming. And he went and made, listen to this, Gibeah went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their uh, donkeys and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up. And old shoes and clouded upon their feet, put them on, and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. This was a ragtag looking bunch of folks. And they're supposed to be ambassadors coming from a foreign uh, land, and they are to have the appearance that they are. They have been on a long journey, and they've just about reached the end of the rope when they finally meet Joshua and the people of God. And they went to Joshua under the camp at Gilgal and said unto him and to the men of Israel, We are come from a far country. Now, therefore, make ye a league or a covenant with us. Now, hear me, the devil wants you to make a covenant with him. Now, it doesn't mean that you're just going to sign papers and say, all right, devil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be your slave. Devil, I'm going to serve you. Devil, the rest of my life, you're in charge. That's, that's not what's going on here. What, what the devil would really like to get in covenant with you about is for you to decide that he's not such a big deal. And you just don't pay any attention to him and let him go about and do what he's going to do. And that way he will have unbridled access to your life. Has the devil ever sat on your shoulder and whispered anything in your ear? Has, 
Has the enemy ever lied to you? Has he ever tried to take hold of your mind and overwhelm you with sadness and sorrow? You see, we, we, th- this is the kind of covenant that the devil wants us to, to have with him. Just, just go your way, do your thing, be a Christian, but don't, don't, don't bother me. Just let me do my thing. I just want to say something to you this morning before we ever get started. You need to make up your mind when you get saved that the worst enemy you have is the devil. And the hordes of hell that are behind him, one third of the created angels that God made in the beginning, and they fell with him, and they were cast out of heaven with him, and they are spirits of darkness, and they are in operation in darkness, and wherever darkness is, that's where they are. And you need to decide if you're a child of God, walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, be a child of light, live in the light, (laughs) declare the light. (laughs) Come on now, and don't mess with darkness. Decide that the devil and demons and darkness are off limits for you they're your enemy you know you 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 can you can you know when sin when it's little i i've looked at my children okay i'm not going to talk about your children i'm going to talk about my children but if your children fit in this thing you, you listen to me make the application you know, when, when children are small, they, they do things. They, they, they have a sin nature. You say, preacher, my little child is sinful. Yes, they are. It, it doesn't take you very long to figure it out. Uh, have, have you ever noticed how they're very selfish? And we say, well, that's just a baby or that's just an infant. No, that's the old sin nature coming out in them. But I understand we got to deal with them when they're little and, and they're small but let me tell you something. All the while when they're little and they're small, they're, they're impressionable. And you can bend them. I bent my children. And that's one of the things parents are supposed to do. Is bend your children toward the Lord. Train up a child in the way that he is to go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. The word train there means to literally bend like a tree is bent by the blowing wind. Have you ever seen a tree? I had one in my front yard in McAllen. It was a it was a live oak tree, and I planted it when it was just a little bitty thing. And 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 when we left eleven years later, it was twenty five foot tall and in and about a foot through. And and but the thing about it was, it was bent just a little bit to the west. And you know why? I tied it up. I tried my best to straighten it up and keep it straight, but that old wind was unrelenting. And it blew when I wasn't there. And it just kept on blowing until it just finally bent the tree just a little bit toward the west. And when you look at it, it's a beautiful tree, but it's just got a slight lean toward the west. And I want to tell you, every one of us, because of sin, are bent toward sin. And we've got to unbend ourselves and we've got to bend ourselves toward God. Well, I'm preaching good. Y'all look at me like a calf staring at a new gate. I, I was, I, I, some, I don't remember, I, I think maybe it was coming back from uh, Phyllis's brother's funeral Monday. But uh, I, there, was some, there was some cows and, and there was a cattle crossing. You know what a cattle crossing is? It's just pipes in the ground and it keeps them from getting out. You know, it's an opening in the fence and they're afraid to put their hooves on 
on that. And, and, and I noticed when I came by, there were several cows standing there, and, and they were just... They wanted to get out so bad. They wanted to be free. But they, they had that cattle crossing to deal with. Do you know, that that's what the Word of God is to you and I. It's a cattle crossing. It keeps us in the fenced-in area. It keeps us inside the parameters of the Word of God and the will of God and the way of God. And if we'll allow the Holy Spirit, He'll bend us toward righteousness and He'll take that old, that old sinful nature and, 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 and keep it under wraps. And, and, and we, we, have to, we have to bind it. We have to crucify it. We have to put it on the cross. But it is always wanting to serve its own self and to go after what it wants and it wants its way and it, in the process it'll destroy your life. So, so even little children, little children need to be bent toward the Lord and sometimes that takes a little force. You, you, I never did. I never did get my children's attention by saying, oh, you're so sweet. I wish you'd quit that. It's an unusual child that will respond to, to, oh, you shouldn't do that. And they just keep on doing it. We were, we were in line. My wife was. I wasn't because I hate, I hate going to Walmart. That, listen, it's almost like going through the tribulation. Now, now it's a little bit better because they got self-checkout and that, but that aggravates me. I have to check myself out. That's another story. But you can get out a little bit faster and you don't have to put up with all that stuff in line in front of you. And, and, but but it, my wife was in Walmart and she was behind a, a, a lady who had a, a, a three-year-old and the three-year-old had a ball. They were, they were a plastic ball. And they were buying the ball. And the child, while they were checking out, and she had a big old basket full of groceries along with the ball, and she let the child have the ball, and the child was throwing the ball, hitting everybody they could hit. And they threw the ball and hit my wife, and that's something they shouldn't have done. Because if we'd have done that when we were that age, it wouldn't have mattered where we were at. We were just about going to get tore up. And we'd decide that we didn't want to throw that ball anymore in Walmart. Anybody with me this morning? You, you see, you gotta bend, you gotta bend a child toward the Lord because they're bent toward sin. And and we're already bent toward our enemy, and we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to, to do a work in us and bend us toward Jesus. Well, here here's the enemy, and, and the men of Israel. We, we come from a far country and we want to join in a covenant with you. Everybody say, the devil wants to make a covenant with you. He wants to sign a peace treaty. He wants you to leave him alone. They said unto Joshua, we are thy servants. Isn't that something? A sworn enemy. We want, we want to be your servants. And Joshua said unto them, who are you? And whence come you? 
Now, let me let me say something to you. The devil is never, hardly ever, is the devil going to tell you the truth. He's a father of lies. And so Joshua is asking these folks, these Gibeonites, who are you and where do you come from? And we're stupid enough to think that the devil's going to tell us the truth. Well, that, 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 uh, we're from Gibeah. We're just right here next door to you. We're the next city you're fixing to destroy. No, they said, we've come from a far country. We've heard of your fame and we want to join with you. Come on. We've come from a very far country. Thy servants are come because of the name of the Lord thy God. These are pagans. These are people who worship false gods. These are people who are, are, are not in league with, with Jehovah at all. And, and literally, uh, if they'd had the opportunity, they would have slit every one of the Israelites' throats. They would have done that. But because they're afraid now, they're going to... They're gonna. They, they're, they're doing anything they can to survive. And I just want to tell you something. The devil will do anything he can do to try to keep a little hold in your life. Somebody ought to shout, preacher, that's the best preaching you've ever done. I'm telling you, the devil will do whatever he can do to keep just a little hold in your life. He'll lie to you. He'll tell you he's a good devil. When a grizzly bear is born, it weighs just a few ounces. I'm talking about two or three ounces. It's, it's, the, it's the most pitiful looking thing you've ever seen. Just, it looks like a rat. And, and when it's born, it, 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 it's helpless and its mother has to take care of it. And, but, but, and then it begins to grow. And when it grows, it turns into this little furry ball. And, 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 and we call it a teddy bear. You know, it's amazing to me how cute, immature things are in our life. But then when they grow up and they become mature things and they become what they were intended to be and they have mayhem and murder on their mind, suddenly they're not as cute and pretty as they were. That grizzly bear, two ounces when he's born. Then he turns into a pretty little cuddly teddy bear for about the first year. But you give him two to three years, and he'll weigh five to six hundred pounds, and he's got claws that long and fangs that long, and he'll bite your head off. And when his nature was young, when his nature was immature, he'd lick you in the face. He'd play with you. But boy, when he grew up, his rotten to the core nature took hold of him and all he wants to do is put you on his food menu. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's the way the devil is. The devil wants you to leave him alone. He wants you to... Don't bug him. Don't bother. Don't worry about that little thing. Just let me have a little bit of play. Just let me have a little foothold in your life. And, and, and I'm telling you, his idea is one day I'll get them when they're not looking. 
and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan to Sion king of Heshbon and to Og king of Bashan which was at Ashtaroth listen to this wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us saying take food with you for the journey and go to meet the Israelites and say unto them we are your servants make a league or a covenant with us this our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now behold it is dry and it is moldy. And these bottles of wine which we filled were new. And behold they be rent. And these our garments and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. And the men took of their food. And listen, listen. The biggest mistake you will ever make is found in verse 14. And the men took of their food and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. The devil wants to hoodwink you into believing that everything's fine and rosy and dandy and good and we want to be at peace and we don't want war and we don't want trouble and we don't want problems and and all the while we're being we're being wooed to sleep and we don't even pray about it we just accept it i'm telling you church the thing that has happened in these last days is a result of people not praying about things and not asking counsel at the mouth of the lord We had a judge this week, I mentioned it Wednesday, in Arkansas. You remember we had a, a new abortion law that went into effect, and, and uh, 13 weeks is a cutoff, and, and that's terrible, but 13 weeks is the cutoff for an abortion and, and in Arkansas, and it was going into effect, and it was probably going to shut down the Planned Parenthood clinics in Arkansas. And, and this one judge says, I can't let this happen. It will do irreparable damage to women. And I'm thinking, what about that little unborn baby that you're going to let that doctor rip apart? It's not going to do irreparable damage to them. Do you see how crazy we are? If we would pray about stuff, if we would ask God things, if we would talk to the Lord about the decisions we make in our life, we wouldn't make the decisions we make in our life if we ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Joshua, listen, verse 15. Here's the result of being too friendly with an enemy. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league or a covenant with them, listen, to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. Come on now. That's what the church has done with the world. We've, we've, we've decided we, we're just going to let the stuff of the world continue in the church. We used to sing a song. Can I just preach a little bit this morning? We, we used to sing a song. Tis, tis a glorious church 
without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Tis a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Passage of Scripture that that song comes from says that we have been washed in His blood and we have been sanctified. We have been set apart. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works and and God is building His church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But I'm here to tell you, friend, we have made a league in this day and hour with the devil and the world and we've decided that we want to be at peace with the world and and so we're going to let the world into the church. We're going to let the world set the agenda. The church is going to look just like the world and we're not going to have any difference between us and the world. No wonder the world wants to to, to flock to that kind of ministry or that kind of church when you look like the world and you act like the world and you talk like the world and there's no difference between you and the world. I'm telling you, the world will love that. But if you start teaching the Word of God and Jesus says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, then will I receive you and you shall be a child unto me and a son unto me and a daughter unto me. And, and, the, and the Bible is preached and taught and, and, and we're having to live a, a different kind of life and a changed life. And there is, a, there is fruit for repentance and, and there is an obvious manifestation of the presence of God. I'm, I'm here to tell you, friend, that's the kind of church that folks are going to have to decide I don't know whether I really want to go to that church or not that might cost me something Uh, I might have to change the way I'm living I might have to do things differently I'm telling you that preacher just preaches a little bit too hard for me I'm telling you he holds us accountable to the word of God those are the kind of things and questions that people have to deal with nowadays but I'm here to tell you there is only one gospel there is only one savior there is only one lord there is only one faith there is only one baptism and I'm afraid that the world has hoodwinked us into believing that there are many ways to God that we can do it just any old way we want to do it no sir we've got to do it the old crossroad we've got to do it by the way called straight we've got to come by that narrow gate and find the grace of God real to our soul that changes our life forever oh blessed be God blessed be God blessed be God Don't make peace with your enemy. It's like petting a lion on the head and say, don't bite me, lion. You're a good little lion. You know, I hate to say it. No, I don't really hate to say it. it, it, The Bible says you reap what you sow. And that's unchangeable. That, that, is, that is something that we can't change. A lot of people will sow wild oats on Saturday night and pray for crop failure on Sunday morning. But it, it, that's a prayer God won't answer. Because when you put it in the ground, it's there and it's going to produce a harvest. You reap what you sow. If you sow to the Spirit, you reap good things, life. If you sow to the flesh, you reap bad things, death. And, and, and friend... There is a payday that's coming. 
My grandfather took his first drink when he was 33 years old. He'd grown up in the United Methodist Church, and this is back in the 30s, 20s and 30s, when they really taught and preached the Word of God and held to a high standard of holiness and walk with God. He grew up in that. And then he went to work in the oil fields and got around the wrong crowd, and he took his first drink of alcohol but he's 33 years old and from that day until he was 80 years old he drank every day of his life and he just dished out hell to my grandmother you hear me this morning don't be too friendly with an enemy I don't know how many people have died from emphysema and lung diseases of every sort and kind, cancer, because of smoking. And I'm not telling you that smoking is going to send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've already been there. A little humor never hurt anything. But I, I'm telling you, when we and, and overeating, I, I almost reaped the consequences of overeating. And I'll just tell you, I'd eat my fool head off. And if I didn't watch myself, even right now, I'd eat my fool head off. I love to eat, but I can't if I'm going to live. It doesn't matter what, what it is. There, there's all kinds of life controlling things and, and, and drinking and, and smoking and, 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 and overeating and, and indulging in, in illicit sexual relationships. I, I, I never will forget the, the young man that I counseled and he was, in his, he was in his early 30s and he came to me and he said, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I knew his background. I, he came from a Christian home. He had grown up in the church he had grown up loving God went to church camp was baptized in the Holy Ghost but but he gave himself to illicit relationships and he followed some sexual inclinations uh, and because of it he ended with up with age and he comes to me and he cries and he says pastor what am I going to do buried him five years later preached his funeral I wept tears on his casket. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you, don't make a friend with an enemy. This is some of the best preaching you'll ever hear. It won't make you shout, but I'm telling you, it'll make you live right. It'll help you keep away from an enemy that wants to destroy you. Don't be too friendly with an enemy. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's not supposed to be misused or abused. It's supposed to be used for godliness. It's supposed to be used within the limits of what God said it ought to be used in. And friend, when we get outside of that, I'm telling you, we're playing with fire. Will a man take a coal of hot fire into his chest and not be burned? Isn't that what the Bible says? Everybody knows the answer to that. Absolutely. You take a hot cold and hold it to your chest, you're going to get burned. That's the way sin is. That's what he's trying to tell us. Don't make a friend 
with an enemy. And it came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them, a covenant, and they heard that they, listen, and they heard, Joshua heard, Gibeah didn't tell them. They heard, they'd been found out that they were their neighbors and that they dwelt among them, that they were some of the very people that God Almighty had said, drive them out of the land. Don't let them stay in Canaan. If you do, they will lead you away from me. Drive them out of the land. I'm, I'm here to tell you, friend, if you make a friend with an enemy, the day will come when it will pay terrible, terrible consequences in your life. And the children of Israel journeyed and came unto the cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon and Shepherah and Beeroth and kerjath And the children of Israel, listen, all four of those cities were to be destroyed and they were to become subservient. They were to be driven out of the land. That was the command of God. It's a type of the flesh. It's a type of what God says. Don't let anything live in your spirit, man, that will pollute you. Don't let anything that will pull you away from me live in your life. Drive them all out of the land. They let four cities survive, and the children of Israel smote them not because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel, and all the congregation murmured against the princes. But all the princes said unto all the congregation, We have sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. I'm going to close this morning. I didn't even get to my first point. This is a powerful message. Don't make friends with your enemy if we do we will allow the devil a stronghold in our life that will bring us havoc and heartache the longest day we live don't let an enemy stay alive in your life Drive them out. Drive them out. Don't make a league with the devil. The devil is come to kill, steal, and to destroy. Don't ever let anything that is of this world or of the flesh or of the devil, don't ever believe that it is for your benefit. It's not. It kills, steals, and destroys. God wants us not to make friends with spiritual enemies. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. This story, Lord, is filled with so much symbolism and types. The devil is wanting to make peace with us so that He can have a foothold in our lives. So that He can live among us. Lord, help us to drive Him out so there's no place for His work. God, James chapter 4 
Your word says in verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I pray today, Lord, that we will do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not fleshy, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll help us never to let an enemy of our soul have peace in our lives. Well, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. We've had a wonderful altar service today during our worship time, and thank God for it. But perchance you are in this room today, and while I've been preaching, the Holy Spirit has talked to you. You've heard the voice of God somehow mingled in my voice. And God has spoke to you about your relationship with Him. And today as Sister Mary plays this beautiful song, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Maybe you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're backslidden and you're cold and indifferent in your heart, but today God has woke you up. And it's time for you to make your calling and your election sure. And you're making your way to an altar this morning to say, Jesus, forgive me. I want to serve you. I don't want peace with the enemy. You'll make your way to this altar and give your heart to Christ. And let Him be Lord over every issue of your life. Maybe you're here this morning as a Christian and you'll just simply say, Pastor, I need to come to the altar this morning and there's some things in my life that I want to pray through and get under the blood. And today as you've ministered, the Holy Spirit spoken to me and pinpointed some things and I just want to get them all right with God. So while Sister Mary plays this beautiful song of commitment, if you need Christ or if you need to get some things right with God, I invite you to come right now. Would you do it? These altars are open for you. God is calling. The Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart. Jesus is pleading with you to come to Him. Will you hear His voice? Don't make a friend with an enemy. Don't let something that's so unchristlike stay in your life. It doesn't matter whether it's the way you talk or the way you act or the way you think. In any three of those arenas, let's come and let Jesus have lordship. Oh God, I won't let, I won't let an enemy stay in my life. Do you need to come to the altar this morning? Pastor, I'm saved. I know I'm a Christian, but I've let some stuff in my life. I've, I've opened my ears to hearing some things from the enemy. And I, I want to I tell the Lord this morning that I don't want this stuff. I realize it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's something that the enemy wants me to, 
to approve of and to accept. And I know I can't. I don't need to do that. It'll pull me away from God. Let me just say to you this morning in this altar service, if there's anything in your life that's pulling you away from God, you don't need it. You don't need it. You need to come to Jesus. You need to give it to God. If there's anything in your life that's hindering you from a walk with God, you need to give it to Jesus. Don't let an enemy have peace in your life. Declare war on it and fight it and overcome it. Surrender. Will you sing it with me, church, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed? If you need to come to the altar, they're open. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender before we close this service we want these at the altar to feel at liberty to pray as long as they want to this is a house of prayer but if you're here this morning as a child of God and you want to say to the Lord this is our altar call for the church Lord, I want to stand today and I don't want to give the devil not one inch of my life. I stand before you this morning, Lord Jesus, to declare you Lord over every area and arena of my life. Holy Spirit, if you convict me or show me anything in my life that is at peace with the devil, that is in league with the world, that is in covenant with the flesh, Convict me, Holy Spirit. I will drive that out of my life. Friend, this is war. We're talking about going into the promised land. We're talking about being what God wants us to be. We're talking about eternity, heaven. And you'd stand this morning and say, Jesus, I declare you Lord over every area of my life. And I will not make a league with the Gibeonites. I will not be deceived into thinking that something that's wrong is right. Malachi the prophet said the days will come when those things that are wrong will be, made, will be called right and those things that are right will be called wrong. And we're living in that moment right now. We're living in that day. We have, we have attained it. And all over this room today, you'd stand to your feet and say, Jesus, give me discernment. Help me, Lord, give me discernment so that I will not be deceived. I yield to my, I yield to you, Lord Jesus, every area of my life. Be Lord, be Lord, be Lord. Holy Spirit, be at work in me. Convict me of anything in my life that is not like Jesus. Don't let me make peace with an enemy. Would you slip your hands up to God right now all over this room and just for the next couple of minutes, just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to take your life and be Lord over everything. 
And Lord, if there's anything in my life this morning that displeases you, would you convict me of it? And may I repent of it, O God, today. And every day, Lord, may I stay humble before you so that you can speak to my heart, so that the the issues of my mouth and my thinking and my acting may be under the scrutiny of the Holy Spirit. God, search me and try me and know me, O God. Don't let me make peace with an enemy. Lord, may I always ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Would you pray that prayer before we go home? Lord, always may I ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Come on. Lord, always may I ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord. God, don't let me take the word of a Gibeonite. Don't let me take the word of a deceiver or a deceptor. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And be closer, drawn to these singing women, we're going home. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where Thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to our lives today. Thank you for the ministry of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Thank you for a word of knowledge and a prophetic utterance. Lord, I thank you for the preaching of the gospel and the challenge of the word of God. Lord, all these things together are meant to edify us and build us up and make us strong in Jesus Christ. And I pray this morning that we will leave here helped of the Lord, strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Use our lives, I pray, for Your glory as we leave this place. Tonight, Lord, at 5 o'clock, I pray You'll just baptize us with Your love. Let every one of us minister grace in the words that we say to these sweet people who are going to be coming. Lord, yes, they're coming for some some help. But Lord, I pray that in the process of receiving help, that they will see and know and experience the love of Christ. I ask you to reach out and just envelop hearts and lives tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. sure good to be with you today. Go with the Lord. He'll go with you. Shake hands. Be friendly.